It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Here's the Bills' latest pick. With the ninth pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Buffalo Bills select Ed Oliver, defensive tackle, Houston. Josh Allen, quarterback, Wyoming. Tredavious White, defensive back, LSU. Jermaine Edmonds, linebacker, Virginia Tech. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Wednesday to you. Today is all about Devin Singletary, the Bills' third-round pick, number 74 overall, a pick that has been a polarizing one amongst Bills Mafia, and I'm anxious today to give you my full analysis on him, how I think he fits this football team, and uh, what his ceiling is at the NFL level. Uh, let's let's get into first off the bat some background information about Devin Singletary. Uh, he comes from Florida Atlantic. He was a junior. He's from Deerfield Beach, Florida, attending Heritage High School, born on September 3rd, 1997. So he's not quite 22 years old yet. He was a three-star recruit out of high school. Very productive running back in the state of Florida. He was uh, finished his career in high school with the second most rushing yards in state history. Um, and as a senior, his uh, his high school cha- uh, football team won the state championship in the 3A division. Very productive high school football player. He was not considered a top 100 recruit in the nation at running back in the 2016 Class, he wound up signing or committing to Illinois initially in his recruiting process before flipping to Florida Atlantic. As you guys know, his nickname is Motor. Uh, let's look over his production here. Uh, three seasons of tremendous production for Florida Atlantic as a freshman in 2016. Only started one game, but played in 1,252 carries, 1,021 yards. 12 touchdowns, averaged 6.7 yards per carry, caught the ball 26 times for 163 yards and no touchdowns. He was a freshman All-American and honorable mention All-Conference USA as a freshman in 2016. In uh, 2017, as a sophomore, he started 14 of 14 games, 301 carries, 1,920 yards, uh, 32, I repeat, 32 rushing touchdowns, Averaging 6.4 yards per carry. Caught the football 19 times for 198 yards and one touchdown. He was second team All-American that season. Uh, He was the Conference USA MVP, first team All-Conference USA. And of course, those 32 rushing touchdowns led FBS football. Uh, In 2018, his junior and final season at Florida Atlantic, 12 games played, 12 games started. 261 carries, 1,348 yards. 22 rushing touchdowns, 5.2 yards per carry. Only caught the ball six times for 36 yards 
2018, he was a third-team All-American and first-team All-Conference USA. And so, obviously, the production is something that really stands out. 4,289 rushing yards on 714 carries, scoring 66 rushing touchdowns across three seasons for Florida Atlantic. The receiving output, very poor, though. Uh, 51 total receptions across three seasons, 397 yards and just one touchdown. The big number that stands out to me there is only six receptions in 2018. Let's take a quick look at his um, his athletic profile here. His size and athletic profile, rather. 5'7 half. that's in the 3 percentile for running backs. 203 pounds, 17 percentile. 70-inch wingspan, that's the 1 percentile. Arm length, 28 and 3 quarters, that's the 2 percentile. Hand size, 8.5 inches, which is the 4 percentile. So, as you guys know, not the biggest back. Um, a shorter, stockier back, not not very big. In terms of athletic profile, his combine numbers, he ran a 4.66 second 40-yard dash. That's in the 28th percentile. His vertical jump was 35 inches. That's in the 60 percentile. Broad jump of 117 inches. That's in the 48th percentile. His three-crone drill was a 7.32, 10 percentile. Uh, 4.4 on the 20-yard shuttle. That's in the 24th percentile. And his bench press, 15 bench press reps, that was in the 14 percentile. So the physical traits are not that exciting. Not very big, kind of an undersized guy, and especially for his size, his his combine testing was was pretty poor. Um, really, his his only real standout number, if you will, is that 30 inch 35 inch vertical jump, which not necessarily even that. Uh, that great of a number, a good number, but not one that's, you know, we're going to rave about. Uh, so across the board, pretty pretty pedestrian in terms of his athletic profile. Now, let's look at my scouting report of Devin Singletary. And what I, what I like about kind of going back to my scouting report to talk about Devin Singletary is this gives you a look at what I believed he was and what I, what I identified in terms of his traits were after watching his film fresh off of watching the film I write the report and so what this really does is gives you that authentic look as opposed to uh having any bias involved all right so let's let's get to this scouting report that I wrote after watching his film uh in terms of his feet I said he operates from a balanced base with good width consistently keeps his feet moving through contact and works for extra yards makes smooth cuts and gets outstanding width on jump cuts does not illustrate consistency altering his tempo and burst off his plant foot, and his burst off his plant foot is underwhelming for his style. Doesn't have desired acceleration for his profile. Does he have game-breaking speed? In terms of vision, I said he sees the field cleanly and always has a plan with the ball. Has outstanding vision in the hole, makes good decisions and strings together, moves naturally. Has a knack for finding space and making something out of nothing. Most of his runs are are horizontal, and he does a terrific job of finding careces, has excellent spatial awareness. In pass protection, I said, he's a willing he's willing in pass protection, but he doesn't have the frame necessary to absorb contact, and his anchor is questionable. It's difficult to determine what he is coached to do in pass pro, but there were times that he ignored interior threats to work back outside and chip. Doesn't have a skill set that translates favorably to being an impact blocker in the NFL. Receiving. 
surprising that catching the football wasn't a bigger component of his collegiate utilization. Production decreased significantly every year with only six receptions in his final season. Didn't illustrate any limitations when tasked with catching the football, and his elusive traits should be favorable for developing a route-running skill set. In terms of balance, I said, has eye-popping moments of sustaining himself through contact and absorbing contact. Has smooth and easy body control when executing and stringing together moves. Bounces off defenders and has no issues gathering himself to continue up the field. In terms of elusiveness, I said, rare elusive traits and agility in space. Smooth and easy change of direction skills that take advantage of his creativity as a runner. He does well to glide and make cuts, but his modest quickness is odd for his profile. Power. A bit of a finesse runner, but he isn't shy of contact. Does well to set up tacklers and make it difficult to square him up, creating advantageous scenarios for him to win after contact. He runs with a low center of gravity and low pads, willing to drop his shoulder and challenge tacklers. In terms of competitive toughness, I said not a power runner, but truly battles. Does well to slip out and wiggle through contact. Does well to keep his legs churning and compete for yards after contact. Finds way to get skinny and fall forward. Versatility, I said, has mostly been utilized as a zone runner. His receiving skill set is somewhat incomplete, and he doesn't project well to pass pro. Has the traits to evolve, but is unproven in some critical areas. For his best trade, I said elusiveness. For his worst trade, I said he's it was his burst relative to his size and skill set. I didn't have any red flags. Uh, and then I noted uh, my summary of, of Devin Singletary was that he projects most favorably to his zone scheme where his elusive traits, agility, and ability to find creases is maximized. While he hasn't been a standout receiver, evolving that component of his game will be critical in carving out a prominent NFL role. For a player of his stature and style, Singletary lacks true game-changing speed and quickness that would be preferred for his profile. His ability to find space and make tacklers miss should warrant touches, but how he develops the rest of his game will define his career and role. And for me, he was a third-round value. He was my number six running back in the class, and he was my number 74 overall rated prospect, which is interesting because that's exactly the spot that the Bills drafted him. So like I talked a little bit on the Twitter Tuesday episode of the podcast, I really felt that this pick was appropriate in terms of value and where he was he was picked. Uh, a lot of people had some questions about his, um, you know, the, being that the pick, the running back in that spot where maybe there was an opportunity to draft an edge rusher. And, and certainly guys like Chase Winovich's name is going to be tossed around. And then you even think about a tight end. The Bills could have drafted Jay Sternberger, but they didn't. They drafted Devin Singletary. It's, it's really difficult to kind of go through this and say, well, they could have had this guy or that guy. At the end of the day, they took a player that I thought was was selected in the appropriate range in the draft. Actually, legitimately, exactly the spot. I had a third-round grade. He was my 74th-rated prospect on the board, and that is exactly uh, where uh, he was he was taken. Um, all right, so one thing I want to mention real quick before we talk a little bit further is his, uh, his fumbling statistics. And so I wanted to note that they are very good. Uh, And 612 snaps, 264 attempts last season. He only fumbled the ball one time. The previous year, he fumbled the ball four times and none in 2016. And so in 717 rushing attempts, he has five total fumbles, four coming in one season with zero in 2016 and one in 2018. So ball security has not, not been an issue for 
Singletary. And so um, I wanted to note that because uh, fumbling is a major, <laughs> major problem when it comes to running backs and, uh, uh, you know, the next level. So I think when I kind of just go back to just talking organically now about his skill set with Devin Singletary is um, he's kind of an interesting player. And the two things that really stand out about his skill set is vision and contact balance. And those are two really, really important traits for running backs. And he gives you that. He's going to see the field cleanly, and he sustains himself well through contact. And the questions really come to me in terms of how does this skill set translate to the NFL? I mean, he made guys in Conference USA look silly trying to tackle him. And I mean silly. His ability to make people miss in a phone booth is truly exceptional. Now, how does his game translate to the NFL level? In order to learn more about that, let's take a look at his career against Power 5 competition at Florida Atlantic. In 2016, he faced Miami. Two rushes for negative four yards. He faced Kansas State in 2016. Seven carries for 29 yards. He faced, uh, that was it for 2016. In 2017, he faced Wisconsin. 17 carries for 68 yards and a touchdown. He faced, that's it. That's the only Power 5 team he played in 2017. In 2018, they played Oklahoma. Singletary had 18 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown. And that's it. So not a lot of experience against power five competition. And really, you know, if you look at the cumulative of those of those games, those numbers don't really stand out. So I think I have some reasonable questions about how his game's going to translate to the next level, because at the end of the day, he's very agile. He's very elusive. He's very shifty. He knows how to make people miss, but he's just not a true home run threat, and I don't think he's overly explosive. He's quick. He's certainly quick enough to wiggle and shake guys, but is he that dynamic in terms of his speed? That was one of the funny things that uh, that I came away with watching his film was trying to figure this guy out because he's so creative with the football, and he sustains himself so well, but he's just not moving that fast, and it's 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 really interesting because for his size and, and the way he, he competes, you just don't expect him to be that lacking in terms of of explosiveness. So, interesting football player. And also, you know, he ran a lot of horizontal tracks at Florida Atlantic. And so, you know, power runs, getting north-south downhill quickly, while I think he'll be fine doing that, I think that's something that he has to acclimate to. Now, here's the exciting thing. When you think about pegging him to the Buffalo Bills, and I've said this, but this has got to be a total dream scenario for a rookie running back. Now, obviously, they would probably want to get on the field and play and start and, and get all the carries. But Singletary has a chance to come in and play behind Frank Gore and LaShawn McCoy in his rookie season. That's got to be, be a total dream come true. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about getting a Ph.D. in a season on how to be an NFL running back, play behind Gore and, and McCoy. And that's going to really be beneficial, I think, for him. And it really doesn't put anything on him right away to contribute in this offense. You saw a guy like Ronald Jones last year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, really struggled initially in his career, struggled throughout the course of his season, didn't really have any great veteran presence there with him. And he was kind of pegged to be the guy right away. 
and he wasn't ready to be that guy. That's going to be the case here with Devin Singletary, where there's really, in my opinion, no big expectation for him to carve out a prominent role as a rookie. Now, as a third-round pick, as a running back, uh, he does have that expectation at some point in his career, and that probably comes in 2020 when Frank uh, Frank Gore and LaShawn McCoy are 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 likely to be playing elsewhere or retired. You know, they're they're both in the you know McCoy. He's in in the final year of his deal with the Bills, and, and Frank Gore only signed a one year deal. And so, right now, when you think about the Bills' running back room beyond 2019. It's a tandem of TJ Yeldon, who's under a two-year contract, and Devin Singletary. That could be the Bills' duo of running backs in 2020 and beyond. Now, we'll see. Obviously, the 2020 NFL Draft is absolutely loaded with running back talent, and we'll probably or we'll certainly be talking about that here uh, in the build-up to next year's draft, and, and obviously what the Bills do in free agency will dictate those types of things. But right now, when you think forward, the duo is likely to be Yeldon and Singletary. And uh, it'll be interesting because it, it's a big transition. And one thing I talked about uh, in terms of the value of having McCoy and Gore this year, older backs, but in the same backfield with Josh Allen, is I think having veterans in the backfield with Josh Allen is really important. He doesn't have to worry about those guys lining up in the right spots. He doesn't have to worry about those guys executing in pass pro. Those are guys that are battle-tested, have seen every possible look, and are, are going to be reliable in those areas. Josh Allen in year three will be much more suited, much more prepared to uh, join a backfield with you know, younger, more inexperienced backs with Devin Singletary hopefully being the Bills' lead back in 2020. This is going to be a fascinating year to, to, to see Singletary, see what he's able to do as a rookie and learn if his skill set is going to work at the next level. I'm optimistic because he does have those two traits that matter a ton, contact balance and vision. No questions whatsoever in either one of those two areas. Can he evolve as a receiver? Is he going to be able to overcome that lack of of true explosiveness and long speed to be a dynamic playmaker like he was in college? We, the, the, the games against Power 5, not a ton of opportunities. And as we went through, the, the production doesn't really you know, pop. pop you know? and it, it, it matters that it's behind the Florida Atlantic offensive line, and, and, and that's certainly to be expected. I didn't expect him to go out and rush for 250 yards against Wisconsin, you know, but at the same time, he didn't. He didn't do that. And so it's something to be mindful of. I think he's going to be an interesting case study. One of the more challenging evaluations uh, for this entire draft class for me, but again, appropriate value. Anxious to see how Mr. Devin Singletary's game translates to the next level. I think he'll obviously make this football team. Yeah, the running back room overall, it's interesting because you've, you've got Gore and McCoy. You think they're locks to make the team. Obviously, Singletary, a third-round pick, is a lock to make the team. TJ Yeldon, who signed a two-year deal, you feel like he's going to make this team. Well, that's four backs right there. You know, Sometimes NFL teams only roster three backs. And now we're talking about a situation where the Bills signed Cena Rice Perry, who you know they're going to want to have in the fray for special teams, and also Patrick DeMarco, who's been a team captain and, and really the only true fullback on the roster. So between those five players, it's going to be really interesting to see who the Bills wind up carrying. And the Bills, at some positions, they can't go heavy. And as we talked yesterday on, on the Twitter Tuesday edition of the podcast, this is a deep football team, and there's going to be position groups that – are going to have players that are going to have to get cut because it becomes a numbers game. 
And I think running back is going to be one of those spots where it's going to be interesting if they go heavy there. If they go heavy at running back, they can't go heavy at other positions that have other challenging discussions when it comes to who's going to be on the 53. Now, between now and the time that that 53 is set, there's going to be injuries. Things are going to happen, and they're going to be glad that they have so many different options, particularly uh, at depth at, at certain positions. But uh, right now, with everybody healthy and expected to be ready to go for the season, it's it's a challenge to really kind of strip this down and say, these are the guys that I expect to make the football team, even though I don't think there's much question that Devin Singletary as a third-round pick will be on the roster. But his his uh, teammates at the position, including you know fullback and running back combined, is a bit of a challenge. That's going to do it for us today here on the podcast. Tomorrow is all about Dawson Knox. So uh, we're getting to the more, uh, I guess, polarizing uh, picks here with, with Singletary and Knox. A lot of questions from Bills Mafia on these players, and I'm excited to dig into them at a deep level for you. Devin Singletary today, obviously, tomorrow is Dawson Knox. Do not miss it. Hit subscribe, share the podcast, rate and review. All of those things are greatly appreciated. Until tomorrow, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Bills. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.